following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 8th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 56. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And, man, do we have a lot to talk about today. Cowboys take their first and really only beatdown of the season yesterday at the hands of the lowly Denver Broncos, or at least lowly as of what we thought of them on Friday. Very, very different team showed up on Sunday. Uh, they beat the Cowboys 30-16. to 16. We're going to tell you what, what our thoughts were on that game. Before we get to that, real quick, Nick, give me a 56. 56. Um, how about Eugene, the hitting machine? Lockhart. There we go. That's a good one. Could have used the hitting machine yesterday. Yeah, could have definitely <laughs> used that. Could have used a little hitting machine. 56. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a rough game, man. I just I don't think that uh, any of us, uh, well, I know none of us expected what we saw yesterday, even if in some of some of your somewhere in your wild imagination you could have imagined the Cowboys were going to lose that game. Nobody thought it would be a beatdown like that. Let's start first, though. I want to get a big-picture storyline from each of you guys of uh, what was yesterday. Dave, I see that look on your face. Let's start with you. I, I, what was your big-picture story big, you take from Big picture from yesterday or yeah. big picture? Because i got to tell you. Big-picture story from yesterday. Uh, okay. Yeah. from yes- oh, yeah. Well, I think yesterday was just a classic example of what we mean when we say this is the NFL. Like That's why we throw that out there all the time. And people have been tweeting me for the last 18 hours, like, oh, it was a trap game. They were looking ahead. No, it's the NFL. And the gap between the good and the mediocre and the bad is shockingly small. And if you don't come with it, you're going to get your ass kicked. That's my big picture takeaway. And that's why, having had a chance to really think about it and look around the rest of the NFL, do you want to lose? No. Do you want to get embarrassed in your own house? No. But, like, I th- I feel a lot better than I bet a lot of people do right now because I'm just like, it's a weird league. For whatever reason, I don't think the Cowboys showed up thinking they needed to try yesterday, and they got a harsh reminder. And um, you pick up the pieces and move forward. Stuff happens during the course of a now 17-game season. Um, And I feel – I'm sorry if I sound like a homer. I feel pretty confident that it's more of a blip than some sort of crazy indicator that this team's actually bad. Amber. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't even mad. I was like watching the game in just complete disbelief, you know, when you're like, what the heck is happening? But at the same time, I know that that's not them. Like what happened yesterday is not really them, despite all the mistakes that they've made throughout the season. I truly believe that they're going to come back next week and play. And actually, dang it. I, I thought we were going to fight like all day today. I'm shocked no, to hear this no, coming out of your mouth. I was so. I tweeted about this yesterday, last night, and I was going to look it up, and I just completely forgot. But, And I know this is a different team, different coaches and everything, but you guys remember uh, several years ago when they played in Denver, mm-hmm. that they played yeah, pretty they much got their asses <laughs> the same exact way. It was embarrassing, and we didn't really know what the heck happened because every single player had a bad game that day. 
Do you guys remember how they came back and played the next few weeks? I, not off the top I, of my head, to be I honest with you. Remember. They went 9-7 and seven that year. I know that. I wanted to look it up. But anyways, my point is, is I think it was just that exact game that, that you just don't really know what happened in all levels, coaching, the players, on defense, on offense, and I'm sure we'll get into the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I'm really not that concerned. Okay. As of yet, I think that they can clean it up and come back and play better for another win. Nick, what? Nick's Nick's body language. I'm curious. No, I, I think they. I mean, you know, they. You guys said it. They got outplayed, out hit, out uh, blocked, out tackled, out coached, out cheered. <laughs> DenverBroncos.com. Maybe they had a better day than us. I don't know. I'm just saying that every everything was better. They pro- their stories were probably better. It's more fun probably to write a few a- more hits. It's more fun yeah. to write about a dominant win than an ass kicking. Yeah, but they they um it, I think they just underestimated them the whole game, and I think it starts with McCarthy. You know, I don't I don't I don't blast this guy like like other people do. I I give him the praise. I think coaches get praise when they win, and I think that you know I put it on them to start. I think I think going out the way they did. And saying, I thought, and I said this on on the radio this morning. I thought they played the game like you would play Madden. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna score here. I'm not kicking a field goal. I'm just gonna score. Especially oh. when you play your kid. In oh yeah, like, yeah. Plays about you know what? Just don't respect. I didn't catch. Okay, we didn't get it. I'll get it the next time. We'll stop him and we'll get it the next time. And it just, and they just kind of underestimated them. And and you know, I I didn't have a problem with the first fourth down. I had a problem with the second one. And you know, even though the even though they could have got it, but they didn't. You know, I. I, I'm a little bit more concerned than you guys are just because I like, well, we'll see. We'll see what they are. But if you put that on tape, now I know what you've got. Now I know you can play like crap. And you can get blown out at home to an average team with no star power. So it's a little bit concerning. Your eyes are open. Like, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens this week. Yeah, you mentioned that that those calls there at the beginning of the game. And I think that was actually uh, a part of that thinking was a part of the reason why I think they got what they got. Is because to me that signified the fact that in both those situations, you know, you got fourth and one at Denver 38, you got fourth and two at the Denver 20. Neither time did you try for a field goal. You just said we're going to go for it. And I kind of agree a little bit more with the fourth and one at the 38. That's a pretty long field goal. Give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Fourth and two at the 20. That's where, and I, I didn't kill him. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't kill him because I had the same mentality, which was I'm not scared of this team. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I think the defense is going to stop them from scoring more points than their offense is going to be able to score. So take a shot, be aggressive. And I think that also is what bit them in the butt. I think they went into that game thinking we're just a better team. So we're going to try some things. And I think they started pressing as the game went on. I think that's why guys were dropping balls. I think that's why guys are, you know, Dak is overthrowing guys that are open. I think it's because mm-hmm. they felt like they were a better team. And at some point, their betterness was just going to take over, right? <laughs> and when it takes over, then we'll run away with this game. And and I think it, it played out just the opposite because, as they said, Dave, this is the NFL. And anybody can beat you any given week. I do agree with that, and I definitely I thought they pressed. And yeah, I mean, that's such a great analogy. It reminded me of me trying to win the Heisman on NCAA football. It's like, well, i got to throw for 450 right. and five touchdowns if I'm going to stay in the race. And that's I thought Dak played that way. I thought everybody played that way. It was just like, yeah, i got I got to get these stats up. we got to remind people who we are. And you kind of lose sight of the big picture, which is winning the game. Having said that, I don't have an issue with the aggressive play calling, to be honest with you. Well, you As, never do. Let's be it, honest. That's the way you are. And that's, that's just what you are. Right? Yeah. But 55-yard field goal? I mean, we 
been no yeah the first one i think we all agree with that and then the second one i mean i can't believe and who is a bigger dak homer than yours truly i can't believe we're killing the decision instead of the 40 million dollar quarterback who biffed it to the cedric wilson's ankles complete the pass it it wasn't tipped dak said it himself complete the easy pass to Cedric Wilson and keep the chains moving. Uh, the offense, even still, with how I'm surprised and impressed we are with the way the defense has played, the offense is your ticket. That's why you're going to win games. That's why you're going to get where you want to go. Complete a very easy pass to Cedric Wilson, Dak Prescott. I don't have a problem with it at all, but it's just it's a microcosm of, of everything. They just... They did. They didn't do anything right. You throw it at Cedric Wilson's ankles. Amari Cooper. I bet he saw like he saw his that catch over the middle of the third and one that he dropped in his mind as the ball's coming at him. He's like, I'm gonna house this. We're gonna be. It's gonna be nineteen to nineteen to seven. Still got a chance. We're in it. Yeah. Then it's on the ground, and that's just at every aspect of the yeah. team. They just couldn't do anything right all day. And I also bet that this morning when he woke up, he was still seeing that ball. Not going into his hands and hitting the ground like how did I drop that pass? Because that's not a pass that he typically. Somebody would put out a graphic on Sunday night that was like Amari Cooper's been targeted X amount of times this season. Sunday night after the Vikings game, I'm sorry, you know, with the juggling catch and the game winner, they were like he hasn't dropped a target this year. And what what are the odds that the he finally has a drop and it is as wide open and easy as it's going to be for as good of a player as he is? Yeah, you guys mentioned earlier, Nick. I think you mentioned that. Uh, you give a little, you give some of the blame to Mike McCarthy here, and and he even said after the game, he said we got out coached and we got outplayed. There was something though he said after that that caught my attention. And Nick, I mentioned it to mm-hmm. you uh, last night. He said maybe I overcoached the penalties this week, and that jumped out at me because when you think about how the Cowboys played, they were they did seem to be a little bit they lost a little bit of that edge that we've seen them play with. And when he said maybe I overcoached penalties this week, it made me think. Was this a situation where he all week was harping on them? Don't don't go to that edge. Don't go there. Like you got to make sure you're not getting these dumb penalties. And because of that, maybe they were a little more tentative. Maybe they lost a little bit of that edge. What were your thoughts yeah, on that on that a, comment? That's interesting that he would say that. And you know, I don't, I don't know if it translates to that at all. But but it felt like something. They weren't tackling those guys and those running backs. You know, they're good backs, I guess. But but I mean, they're not like. You know Jim Brown, Walter Payton, which they made it out to be in that game. I mean, <laughs> they just they they didn't tackle. They didn't they didn't bring them to the ground. I thought they got beat on second down. I I, I really did. I, I thought because you get ten tackles for a loss. That is that is insane amount of tackles for loss. But how many times were it second and fourteen, and then they'd get a run for twelve yards, and now it's third and two, and then they would convert it. So um, I don't I don't know if that was it or not, but. I wouldn't worry about it for this game because uh, that ain't happening in this game. I can promise you their defensive coordinator knows who they're playing this game and their guys are going to play to their level of their defensive coordinator and it, the aggressiveness will definitely be there for this game. This is an entirely subjective way to look at it and I, I don't like talking about fantasy football, but I have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams on my team I've, they've been there, and injuries have forced me to play these guys. And I like all week, I was like, well, those guys haven't done crap all year, and yeah. nobody knows that better than me. It was shocking to see the way that they broke contact. I mean, their their yak must have been. I mean, they ran for one ninety one, and I like two thirds of it must have been yak. It felt I, like they were slipping a tackle every time they touched the ball. Do you think? And I, I noticed this during the game. 
a lot of times where there ended up being broken tackles and guys kept getting more yards, it looked like the defenders were reaching for the ball, yeah. grabbing at the ball. Do you yeah. think that maybe they've kind of overcoached trying to get the turnover and not emphasize enough? Or the again, most important thing is get the guy down. Mate, that's pressing. Like yeah. I said, the whole team. It's like, well, if we can strip this guy here, then then the offense has a short field and we can get back on track. We can make it 13-7. to seven, And all of a sudden, you're not focusing on getting the guy down and he's got 12 yards when he should have had three. Mm-hmm. I just don't think... How do you blame that on overcoaching? I mean, how do you take such a step backwards when they've been playing the way that they have? You know, like, it doesn't make sense to me. The one th- And I get it. Like, if you emphasize something so much, like, hey, be careful, look for this, do that, do this. Yes, but that's just such a drastic change. So I would have to think that it had to come down with them maybe feeling a little overconfident and thinking like you guys were talking about, which, again, it's another thing. I'm like, okay, were they... Have they been feeling kind of cocky? Have they been feeling kind of... Was that... Has that even been the well, vibe? I'm glad you brought that... I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it's it's really all I've been thinking about. And we don't have as good of a sense of the vibe of the team as we used to. We don't see them nearly as often as we would pre-COVID. We're not in their locker room where you kind of hear those side conversations right. and see guys. Yeah. And, we're just, and, and you know, they bring four guys a day out here to talk to us in a very weird setting it's just not the same but and the big thing too is you're never gonna get a guy to directly say like yeah we didn't take this team seriously that's that that's like a suicidal type of quote right that's just something that you're not gonna get a guy to say but if you parse through the quotes there were a couple Leighton Van Der Esch six different times he was like I think we needed this I you know this is the type of thing that that can help us in the long run and then Dak was asked directly if if you felt maybe you felt a little too high, maybe you're a little too high on yourself. And it, it's a long quote. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But he said, with everything that went wrong in this game, I would say maybe. And then he goes further on and he says, uh, when you win a game like we did last week on the road in a tough environment, everything going against you, I think sometimes you think you can just roll out there and get it done. Uh-huh. And and again, he goes on to say a lot more. And he's like, there was not a point up until the last five, six minutes of that game where we still didn't believe we could get it done. And why not? Minnesota, New England, 15 penalties, everything going against you. You still find a way to get it done. And he said, when it finally sinks in that it's not going to happen, you're reminded that this is the NFL. This is a really tough business. And again, you're not going to get a direct like, yes, we didn't try as hard as we could have. But I just think there was an edge lacking. I think they probably thought like, man, who's going to mess with us if we can go do that in Minnesota yeah. with Cooper Rush? Yeah, this is a demoralizing game, and you know, and 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 we've we felt it. I mean, we, we've seen it on the road. We've seen the Cowboys. I mean, I guarantee you, the Chargers felt that way. You know, when they walk into their home stadium and they feel that way, and the Vikings maybe last week too. I mean, you know, that's the nature of the league. That's what what happens. And then you give them a lot of reasons to get loud and cheer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you had that going against you. And I mean, as a special teams player, all you want to do. Is block a punt. I mean, that's all you want to do. That 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 changes the game. Yeah. And you can't even do that right. I mean, you can't even do. You can't even block a punt right. That's when you know it's not your day. When you block a punt, you don't get the football. I yeah. mean, everything that. And I know you're probably going to talk about it, but everything that you when you come out of halftime, you're this is a third quarter team. We got to get a stop. 
got to get off the field. We got to get the, and then they block a punt, and you still don't get the football. And the it next thing you know, it's nineteen. To try to make sense of that. And oh, still wait, did. it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Ag, you can't. You were you were watching like the Fox. What channel was it on? Fox. CBS. 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 You were watching the TV broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. Were the announcers hip to what was going on immediately? No. Okay, because that's well. To be fair, I had the English, the Spanish broadcast, but fair our enough. people did not really know what was going on. I, like, we always talk about you miss something by not having all of that information coming at you. You've kind of got to figure things out for yourself in the press box. Me and Nick were on the same page. Like, three plays, kick their ass, block the punt. This is it's gonna be go. it's gonna be tight, but this is how it happens. And it. they go to commercial. The guy with the oven mittens down on the field with the, the neon orange oven. You're like, okay, they're at commercial. The offense will be out. And then all of a sudden, the Denver offense is trotting out, and you're it's dawning on you like, wait, what? What's going on? And then the ref makes his announcement. Like it hit me like a ton of bricks when I realized that the offense wasn't going to have the ball back because we had gotten no indication otherwise that that was going to happen. Yeah. That was, that was it was huge and and you know it you can argue all day long with it and I mean and I've already done that this morning and and it's it's a rule change that needs to be I mean it's, it's a change in the rules I think that needs to happen mm-hmm. um, it's rare uh, when this situation my 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 take to the whole thing is if the result of the play does not result into a first down. Then, then it should be the Cowboys' ball. That's the way I look at it. And and I'm, maybe there's some nuances I don't I don't know of. But if 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 it's fourth and 20, twelve and all this weird crap happens and they get seven yards with the ball, then that's where the ball should be. You did not get a first down. And I, I don't understand it. I don't. I just. Yeah. I don't get it. It kind of makes my brain hurt thinking yeah. about it. To be honest, because I I can imagine why it exists. Like I can think of a scenario where. A guy gets a finger on it and it goes past the line of scrimmage and some wonky stuff happens. I'm sure, you know, the game can surprise you, right? Like the more you watch, the more new stuff you see. But yeah, I mean, that's that seems bogus. But you know what I don't understand? Because in the same way, what I don't understand is why we haven't seen this play out more. Because we see times when a guy gets a fingertip on a punt, Mm -hmm. and I'm surprised that that hasn't happened in a situation where. The guy kind of, you know, fair catches it, but he doesn't catch it. It just kind of bounces and it goes down. The and the the other team goes down and bound downs the ball. That would be their ball. And I don't know that the guy back there getting the that's going to catch the punt always knows that a fingertip actually one of his guys actually got a fingertip on it. I'm just surprised this has never happened before, and that I've seen it in football, in this kind of scenario where a guy re, uh, someone recovers just because the ball was partially tipped or in this instance it was blocked but it was even partially tipped yeah. it's kind of surprising that this is, hasn't come up to where I've seen that type of scenario it usually doesn't get hit right there at the line of scrimmage like that you know and I talked to Nation right after the game and he, you know he was you know he, he said that you know he, he knew that he's standing at the line of scrimmage and he's he's like I know the rule came at him fast yeah though. yeah well and he's trying to make a play I don't have any fault for for him and um I can tell you more about that here after at the break. Uh, it's interesting, but uh, Ooh, uh, oh yeah. gosh, <laughs> no, it's fine. It, I mean, it's, you got the tea. Well, okay. yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's fine. It, he, you know, he 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 did a good job. I, I applaud him. Yeah, for for talking and 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 saying what happened and giving his take on it and giving some quotes and all that. I, I applaud him for for standing there and doing it. It is. Uh, I mean, it's bizarre. <laughs> I don't know but, what you're implying. Yeah, me neither. Wait. I can't wait to get to the break. <laughs> but y'all know. Oh, okay. Y'all know. I'm watching the video over again, and uh, 
I mean, if he can corral that ball, he has yeah. at least an outside chance to score. Yeah. Can you, you can advance a block punt, can't you? Yeah, of course yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that. Uh, yeah, it's just okay. I mean, this is what just an avalanche of this is what I problems. hate about it. Like you know how big I am on stats. I'm a yeah. stat geek and all that. First time in the history of the NFL. I mean, this is a lot. A lot of the things have happened in NFL games. Malik Turner. God, I want to call him Malik Hooker. Malik Turner would have been the first player in the history of the NFL to catch two touchdowns and block a punt in the game. But the NFL rules, the stats are not calling it a blocked punt. They just call it a two-yard punt and a muff by Nashawn Wright. I just watched it again. It hits him in the shoulder pad. Mm -hmm. That's how different three or four inches can be. If he gets his hands over here and blocks it, it goes backwards, they recover it maybe, safety, whatever. A safety probably would have been better than a touchdown. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Honestly, just because it's the ball. And that surprised me somebody like Dwayne Harris wouldn't have done that at some yeah. point. That goes back to how surprising all of this was because I remember you talking about that. You were like, oh, like a, a safety could have done this and then you score and then you, or then you get the ball back and you have a chance to get nine. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. And then the refs are like, Denver's keeping the ball. <laughs> like, when, that never happened. Like, God, 19 okay. nothing before just you. the worst afternoon ever. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then there was times in the press box that long catch that Trayvon Diggs knocked it out. Trayvon Diggs, we need to talk about him. We're going to get to he's, him. We're he's streaking in the wrong yeah, direction we're here. We're going to get to him. But, but that play, that then they went and reviewed it. They challenged it. And we were th- we're all in the, said the same thing. Like It doesn't seem like it would be a catch and a fumble. Oh, but, I, but every, today, yeah, probably. Every fiber of me thought that they were going to give that. the if you're the if Yeah, the contested catch that the Trayvon The way the day was going, too, it was just, just kind of like, yeah, that's that just seems like it fits. It just day. felt like you were caught in an avalanche. Was the food good in the press box? It was. It yeah. was good. Okay. Yeah, it was. So there was some good. Weather was nice. Yeah, very nice. Gorgeous. Everything. Everybody got home okay. <laughs> yeah, everything other than other than the game itself was really good. Are right, we going to take Let's our first go break? Broncos like, going throughout the stadium. That was fun. I think they're still out there chanting. Are right, we going to take our first break? When we come back, I do want to dive in a little bit more to this offense and talk about specifically what was happening at left tackle there. That was an interesting day for Mr. Terrence Steele. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks free shipping honey big news gary are you okay oh i'm not gary anymore i'm 
Check your flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jacket Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Hey guys, give the gift of the Cowboys this season with the Dallas Cowboys United membership presented by Globe Life. It's the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Membership start at just $20 and include an exclusive fan pack and VIP member experiences. Tis the season. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to get yours today. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. Thank you for having that read ready, Nick. You're on it today. Good. Uh, let's 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 jump yeah. back in and I want to talk Slap, specifically. I, I mean, <laughs> oh, true. you you I'm not violent. Uh, okay, really? hold on, hold on, really? hold on. Stop. Stop. We, Last I mean, night in the press box, after you had left, because it was, you know, it was really wow. Well, no, no, he didn't <laughs> really shot. No, you leave like about an hour and a half afterwards. Yeah, yeah, about an hour and a half. I'm not writing stories. I don't blame I'm, you for that. I'm actually surprised you stay that long. Honestly. It, Honestly, I stayed that long because of traffic. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Okay. Anyways, we're talking about something, and <laughs> and his the fraternity comes out. Remember, yeah. somebody had said over something about, "Oh, I'm going to throw up the hooks," and I said, "No, nah, don't don't do that." Me and Dave can can attest to that. Like you, you could get Derek slapped does by not Derek. appreciate. That. No. That's a little different. That doesn't have anything to do with regular he will violence. Flick you. Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> no, uh, I've seen uh, him, Rick Flair, chop him in the in the chest. It's true. Oh, that that he caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting it. It was just kind of out of the blue. That was actually my fault because he did the hooks the night before. I took the picture of it and then I showed you, and then you hit him, and you're like, "What was that for?" And he was like, "Ah, fair." Dave was like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's true." You did that to me once on my arm, and it hurt. I did what? Ooh, ooh. This thing? That's no, pluck. <laughs> like pluck you? Can, can we? Can we get back <laughs> yeah, on the right. road? What are we doing here? <laughs> like We're just about the devastated cowboy fans were on trying to make Sunday. sense of this loss. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were well. Define orange. Okay, I mean, uh, okay, I don't, we don't need to do this, but I mean that that's just the nature of this thing. And by right? the way, like, it's going to happen again in two weeks. I mean, three, two weeks. What is this? What? Three weeks. Whenever they, Raiders? whenever the Raiders come here, yeah. I guarantee you there is going to be a lot of black and silver in the yeah. building again because you're talking about as you as you guys always talk about when you're playing the AFC. Yeah. you're playing a division. You haven't played them at your house in eight years, which means their fans who are in town. Are going yeah, to say well, that's a destination game. That's an opportunity for me to go to a game. It's a combination. At AT&T. It's Stadium. a combination of things too. It's not you. You got to have. I mean, I don't think the New York Jets are bringing a ton of fans. In. It, it, no, it's it's a true. fan base, very loyal fan base. And yep. people say that like that they travel well. I don't think so. I think there's a ton of Denver no. Bronco fans in the area. Although I will say this, I do will say this. I had to travel Sunday coming back into town, Houston from yeah, from Houston. When I was getting back, I was taking the shuttle to my car. And the guy who was driving the shuttle, he he saw that I was uh, that I had on like I put already put on my credential, and he was like, "You going to game day?" I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Man, I've seen a ton of people coming from Denver, and it, that was early in the morning. I took a seven o'clock yeah, flight." Ready. He was like, "I've seen a lot of people flying in this weekend from Denver uh, that were coming in for the game," and I was like, "Wow, that's yeah. that's pretty interesting." I was I thought it was like you, like a lot of people just live here, but. Maybe they do travel well. I yeah. love the well. Also, you got to think about geography too. I don't know why we need to get into the weeds on this. No, I think it, this type of stuff fascinates me though. Yeah. Look at a map. Denver is the only NFL city 
anywhere near like six different states. Yeah. So like if you live in Colorado, New Mexico, Wyoming, Nevada, the western part of like Kansas, Nebraska, like there Idaho, Montana, like there's just this huge geographic reason where it probably makes sense to be a Broncos fan. They've been good. By the way, they do have a large following. When you look just yeah. around the league at, at who has what following on digital, they've got a large following. Dallas no is a super easy city to get to. It is a huge transplant city, yep. so I'm sure there are a lot of people living here. But even if you don't, it costs like two hundred dollars to fly here on Southwest, and it's AT and T Stadium. People want to see it. It's a popular place to go. Oh, and by the way, they kicked the crap out of the Cowboys. Like, if the Cowboys had done what we thought they were going to do, all that orange would have been gone by the end of the third, and nobody would care. I mean, it it, it turnabout's fair play, right? Like, it's cool when the Cowboys take over U.S. Bank. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's going to happen when you play yeah. big fan bases and like you've that. You've got these newer stadiums, just like for Cowboys fans that may be in the Minnesota area or close to it. It's an opportunity to go see a new stadium. So you yeah. also draw people think, out to go see their team in that stadium. There's a financial component, too. It's really expensive to go to NFL games. If you hold tickets to the Cowboys and you think, like, man, I can make a lot of my money back selling two or three of these. Let me sell some That's Broncos tickets is. and get my cost back. I yeah. have a feeling it's not going to be that bad for the Raiders. You don't? No, nah, maybe well, not. We've seen it. I mean, yeah, this I'll, is like yeah. this is where this will be their third Thanksgiving Day game at this stadium. That's rare. I mean, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, something weird happened. I don't know why with the Chiefs and the Raiders back right. in 09 and 13. Yeah, they played. They played. They, they didn't. They did back to back. Yeah, they didn't flip. They didn't yeah. flip. We played the, the Chiefs in 09 and in 13 on the road and played the Raiders at 9 and 13. On Both of them were Thanksgiving Day games. So we'll yeah, see. Can I just say this? Okay, go ahead. I think it's stupid. And sorry to put it that way. But very, I mean, and I get it, fan noise and all that. But at the end of the day, like, I, it's. It bothers me when people use that, oh, there was a ton of fans of the opposing team or whatever taking over and all that. At the end of the day, it's not the fans' fault. Like, and, And I get it. It does mess with how you hear things and all that. But when you're focused on there or whatever, you're trained to do this kind of stuff, you know. I haven't been able to go to a practice, but we've seen it year after year how they practice and they make it as loud as possible. You can hear the noise through the windows. You don't even have to look outside. You can just hear it. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. It's just like, just play better. You should like that. No, absolutely. And I don't think think any of this is an excuse. It's more just kind of an anecdotal funny thing that with that many fans. I think think it's more than that, but that's fine. I do do think it plays psychologically with them as well. It's like being booed at home, you know, because then it represents of why this is happening. We're here at home in this place, and and we're we're getting we're getting yeah. you know the, the, this crowd is 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 overshadowing our crowd. It's kind of like That's you get home from a bad day and your family's heckling you because you yeah. had a bad day. We're like, playing, you're playing like crap, that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you're playing. It just it represents that you're. But playing if you're poorly. really focused, well, you don't, li- they you don't though. listen yeah. to that but, stuff. I've played soccer. I've been on fields. I've done performances, and it it's weird what your brain does and stuff. But if you're really focused, you don't hear anything. Well, there well, it the, is, Tony Pollard. Amari Cooper, uh, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. I mean, they all they all showed that they weren't focused at times, and, and then and then Dak had. I mean, they weren't focused. Yeah. And the difference is so I also think you're right. Football is a little different because you have these starts and stops, right? If you're on the offense while you're on the field, you're probably right. You're not noticing the crowd because you're into the game. When you go sit down on the sideline and you're yeah, sitting yeah, there, yeah. you're noticing everything, and it's probably even more apparent to you, like. 
Is that? Are they saying let's go Broncos? Like, what are we Can doing we talk here? About good? Play a better game, and you won't. It like no one will care. They'll, oh, are we about to talk about factor. the left tackle? I was about to say we can talk about something good, but I don't think we're going to do it if we're going to talk about the left tackle because I don't. Well, that was a bad day. Can, real, what could we talk about that pertains to the Cowboys that would be good right now? They they had, I mean, they drafted the right guy. They drafted. They did. Okay. This guy. He played well. This, well, this, no, this, I, here's the part I think we got to. Uh, I don't want to overstate how he played because I do think some of the stuff that I saw in the run game, particularly, he wasn't great against the run yesterday. And by the way, there were some moments where there were lots of people having issues mm-hmm. stopping the run, and he was a part of that. So I don't want to overstate it like he had a phenomenal day. He did obviously show up when he came to making tackles for loss. He had the sacks, the two-and-a-half sacks. So, yes, give him the credit for that, but I don't think he had just this stellar day. This was not— To be this, fair to Nicholas, yeah. all I said was, did anything good happen? Good, okay. And, Mom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh but at the same time, I mean, how can you be phenomenal or have a stellar day when everybody else around you is playing like crap, you know? It, he can well. pull the weight, but at, at the same time, I think that it, it does affect you. Like, And we've talked about it. When everybody else's energy is up high and playing well, it just it's uh, uh, contagious. So I think that he did the best. He, well, I'm not going to say the best, best, but, you know, out of everything that happened, he was the well, best one out there. And that's and that is going to happen, you know, when, when your defensive tackles are a little bit suspect at times. Any linebacker, I mean, Ray Lewis probably, if it, guard and center got to that next level and got to him, it he probably didn't win all of them. And that and, that, and a lot of that was, was on him. you got to be able to fight, fight that off. But I just – I love the way – that I love the way he's playing, and I think I think they've got something there now. I Absolutely, think I think yeah. they've figured it out. He's not a pass rusher; he's a linebacker that can rush the passer. Um, I don't think he's an outside rusher or whatever. I don't think they would. I, I he play is, him like this. He is. Ex- this is exactly what I want him to be. Yeah, a linebacker who can cover sideline to sideline, isn't a total liability in the passing game, and can get you one to three sacks in a I mean, given game. Eight, eight or nine. Uh, tackles for loss in a season is pretty good for a linebacker. He's had seven in two games since they took the green dot off of him and let him go play and not call the plays. He's had four last week and three this game. Tackles for loss. He's living back there. And that's not even counting the sacks. And PFF, uh, which I, yeah. I know I know it's PFF, but they credit him with 24 pressures on the season, which is most among rookies tied with a guy who plays defensive end. I think so. he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I do, too. I, I don't think it's even in question. I mean, I think yeah. – and, and don't get me wrong. I think he's having a phenomenal season, mm-hmm. especially when you put it in the context that he's a rookie. I think the amount of impact that he's having on this team is extremely special for an off-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see that – like, this is – and I don't want to – I don't want to say he's Ray Lewis, but that's the kind of thing you saw from a guy like that where he has such an impact – that that most middle linebackers just really don't have right. in in a lot of different facets of of how they play defense. He's having that kind of impact. I get that, but I think yesterday, and it goes back to what Dave was saying. I don't know that I can point out a single person that I thought had a really stellar day. And in a game like that, it's hard to have a stellar day no across the board because the team is performing so poorly. And NFL football is a team sport. Malik Turner, bless you. Yeah, right. Malik Turner. I mean, <laughs> blocked a punt. And he had two touchdowns there, and yeah. 
We, he didn't like when we were talking to him. I tried to mm-hmm. say the word garbage time, and he kind of cut me off in the middle of the word and said, like, it, it wasn't garbage time for us. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess, you know, as you're And it never is when player. you're the player on no, the you're, field. You're, yeah, right? it's not. He, yeah. It's his, that's what he's been waiting for. And yeah. He did, he did a nice job. Um, yeah, and they they made it respectable, I, I guess. But everyone knows that was a thirty to nothing. Yeah, it won't. When you yeah. go back and look at this season in years to come, if you happen to look at the scores, you won't look at that game and say it was as bad as it actually was. But we all know no. that was a that was a blowout. They yeah. got destroyed. I bristle and have for I've fought with people for years about whether or not Dak puts up stats in garbage time. Leading a team back, Atlanta, Cleveland last year, starting the comeback when the third quarter starts and battling all through the second half, that's not the same. This was garbage time. This was the last two possessions of the game. The Broncos are trying to get the hell out of there. He had 120 of his 230 yards on the like, last two like drives. Fantasy game. wise, like he ended up with like what? 24. Oh, he saved my day. He saved my day. Yeah. No, he wound up having a great and fantasy had, day. And he had single digits. Which is like, why fantasy football is stupid, right. by the way. Right. Right. That's stupid. exactly I right. It. I think they ought to have a, a stat. <laughs> they ought to have a number for quarterbacks. You either get some points or you lose some points if you win or lose. Like, I think that matters too. But anyway, um, let's talk about the, the tackle. Um, Terrence Steele, man, it is it, for the first time this year because we really haven't had to talk about him negatively this season. Um, he didn't have a great game. Uh, there were lots of moments where he was getting beat and just wasn't be able to hold up at the point of attack. That all being said, my question for you guys is: Do you think it was a bad dece- decision for them to push him to left tackle rather than keep him on right? And uh, and then you know, obviously they put Collins back at the right tackle position, which is where he always was. This would be a great opportunity to thump my chest and say, told you so, because that's what I wanted. I wanted Steele to stay at right and Inseki and Collins to just fight it out at practice and see who looked better by the end of the week. Um, it To a degree, it is hindsight, though, because, again, Lyle Collins hasn't played left tackle since he was in college, 2014. He's been in the NFL for seven years. He's never done it, not even in practice or training camp. So. Maybe maybe muscle memory is a degree of that. Maybe he's so used to playing it that he would have stepped in and been fine and played a lot better. I can't say that for sure, and I can't I can't say for sure that he wouldn't have struggled either. But I for some for some reason I just trust Lyle to do that more than I trust a young guy who hasn't played as many games, who's not as used to the strength and speed of the NFL. And oh, by the way, I, I do think that matters. Lyle played like three seasons at LSU at left tackle, and and probably in high school as well, if I had to guess. And I do that many years of doing it over and over again. I feel like you don't lose it. He even said when they moved him to guard at practice when he first came back, he was like, "Yeah, I played on the left side my whole life. It's just it's ingrained in me." Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like he, I feel like he might have handled it better. But there's no way to know a hundred percent for well, sure. Well, first thing I want to do is figure out what's going on with the with. Tyron Smith, like, do you need surgery? Like, if he needs surgery, I would do it. I would have done it yesterday. I mean, do clean out the bones. Do whatever it is you got to do. Yeah, and and yeah, you don't. He he is needed down the stretch. Uh, You're gonna have to fight through this thing. Yeah, not lucky, but I mean, they didn't really lose much in the division. I mean, the Giants won. The Giants won, but but they 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 jumped in there. I mean, I mean that was that was kind of big because if Philadelphia would have beaten the Chargers, yeah, they're starting to kind of no, that, back into that would have been way more huge yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah. their three and a half game lead and all that, but but I, I I would I would get I'd figure that out with the left tackle spot uh, with him, but I would have moved um, 
Lyell. I think Lyell should should be should be moved over to, to left tackle. I mean, Terrence Steele said it himself. I mean, I asked him about about it. And he said, "I would say it was a little harder than I thought it would be moving to left. They have a good defense, good defensive ends, and they were giving me a challenge. And they traded Von Miller. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> what would have happened there? Yeah. If, yeah. I don't, now, yeah. now he didn't play in the Rams. I don't know. Would he? No, would he have played? He had an He's got an ankle. Yeah. yeah so maybe he wouldn't have played either. Right. Way. Maybe. And that, I don't know, but uh, you know he's been doing good on the right side. Just probably. I was just... Like, so I'm watching the game. Things start happening. I'm like, good. That's what you get because you you stand. <laughs> That's my Amber. I've been waiting for you to show up. <laughs> you stand up there during press conferences and talk about how important conti- continuity, 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 continuity mm-hmm. is in the O line, and then you want to make that change, and and we. We saw how he was last year. We see a guy that's been doing well this year. Why mess it up? Why talk about keeping it consistent and not making as many moves as, you know, you don't need that. You got a guy like Lyle, who's a veteran guy, who has the experience. Yes, everything that Dave said, absolutely. But at the same time, I do trust Lyle to be better at that spot than you having to have Lyle back. Then move Terrence Steele to the other side. There's no need for that. And if there is, then just say it. Don't be talking about keeping it consistent during the whole week and last week, too. So when I watched it, yes, it sucked for the Cowboys. But I'm like, oh, that's what you got. You know, what's funny is we always talk about, uh, well, you know, just move, move Zach Martin out there. Just move Zach Martin out to right tackle if you need to. You know, but, like, no one says that he hasn't done that since college and all that. So... And that's from guard to tackle. So, but yeah, because he's Zach Martin, and everyone thinks he's great, and he can do it, and he could, he yeah. has, and he can, of. he has. So yeah. that's why it's like, well, if he can do that, then I think I think Lyle could could move over to the left side. But but if he's not willing to do that for whatever the reason, then I think you need to open this up and maybe think maybe Ty Insecki's a better option here. He might be. He might be a better option than Terrence Steele. I just wonder now if. Like are 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 they kind of having these sort of panicky conversations as well, or is it? Do you just stay the course? Like you're only again kind of going back to last year. Like you're only going to get better doing it more. So I hope not. I hope they don't panic with anything. Like that's the kind of game where you can overdo it. Like you can you can come out of that game and start thinking, oh, do we need to do this? Do so that's I what I'm saying. Think, I mean, yeah, I think this is the kind of game where you say, okay. Let's all take a breath. Okay. We didn't play our best football. There might be some tweaks you might need to make, but I wouldn't make any kind of major declarations coming out of that. And I just thought of something, too. You know, and they, they know more about what the timetable is for Tyron Smith, but let's say that they they didn't do that. Let's say that they kept Steele on the right side and they put Lyell over there on the left side. And what Tyron comes back at next week, two weeks, yeah. we don't know. Then what are you doing? Then right. now you got to make the same decision again. Now are you it, yeah. now Terrence Steele's played seven great games on the right side. Now you're moving him over the like maybe they looked at this like we know Tyron's coming back in a couple and Lyell's going to be our right tackle. Let's get him in here and now now Terrence Steele will be the swing tackle. This may be open. Maybe it means that Tyron Smith's not too far down the road here. Right, and I mean, let's. Just McCarthy said he doesn't see it as a long term issue. McCarthy lies to us all the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> that I gotta, I can only go off of what he says, and I haven't heard anything privately that contradicts that. And so I don't know if that means he plays against Atlanta, but I would imagine the I, team doesn't think he's that I far hope away. People know what you mean when you say that. Like, 
Would you say that about McCarthy? What, that he lies to us? He's playing the game that you you play. If you follow the NFL closely enough to be listening to our podcast, you know that coaches lie about him. And they should. I don't, I get it. I don't don't expect him to. That's what I'm saying. I hope, because there's some, there's more to it than just like. I just, I do, I will say Garrett, Garrett just kind of hid everything behind this vague cloud. And it's called a smile. Fair. (laughs) McCarthy's a little, McCarthy's a little more willing to just directly tell you something that's yeah. the opposite. I don't want to yeah. tell you that's the case. True. Yeah, and, and that's again, I don't, I don't blame him. I get it, right. but I I don't I don't trust what he says as much as I might trust somebody else. But that's okay. Yeah, and I think the thing also to consider here that that we haven't really discussed is the fact that. Terrence Steele is supposed to be your swing tackle. So if he's supposed to be your swing tackle, that means he should be able to pop between the two. That doesn't mean he's going to do it well, but that does mean that's the role. That's what they think he is, is a swing tackle for them. And so maybe what we're finding out is he's a pretty good right tackle. And that's it. It's a period after that. There is no, maybe he's not a swing tackle. Maybe he's just a pretty good right tackle. They haven't had to deal with this yet, but if Tyron does come back, they they might have to look at this and go, "We, we might need to keep four tackles active. Yeah, you know that's something. You know, maybe a right side guy, yeah. left and side guy. guy. Maybe he and Lyle, they're just right tackles, and maybe Seki's your best left tackle. If if Tyron's out, that's there. not ideal at all. But then also, that's where Lyle's versatility to play some guard could help True. as well. I just want to say, and all of this is warranted. It's easy to beat up on the tackles because that's where I did they did the shuffling. The whole line kind of got bullied. I don't remember. I'd have to go back. Zach was running for his life a lot. Zach Martin got they got the better of him at least twice. I just remember a couple plays where they ran like a game and Zach is kind of catching up to get back in front of the guy. And if you remember, that's I was like, well Dak's calf is fine because he's yeah. had to yeah. bail and loop out of the pocket at least three it times like, in this game. It seemed like all throughout that game he yeah. was, especially in the second half, it Again, seemed like that they were coming. I mean he and just was a beating yeah, the across cow. across the depth chart. Name your spot. They got I didn't whooped. see any limping. He he looked pretty normal yeah. from that st- standpoint. The, the the passes were off though. Let's take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit more about that because I, I do wonder. And uh, this is one of the questions that I, that me and my wife were talking about last night as we were talking about this game. Is how much did the fact that not only was Dak coming back after being off a few weeks, most of the receivers were hurt last week, so he didn't get a lot of practice time with them. How much did that affect uh, the Cowboys' ability to be on uh, last night, which they weren't on? I wonder how much that had uh, played into that. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
you deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Registration for holiday youth camps is now open. Don't miss the Cowboys Football Academy and the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleader Dance Academy camps on December 21st at the Star December 22nd at AT&T Stadium. Space is limited, so register at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the beatdown. Cowboys lose 30-16. Dak Prescott yesterday was 19 of 39. 49%, 49% completion rate. Not good at all. 232 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, my question for you guys is how much do you think that Dak – being out for for as long as he was, plus the fact that last week when he's coming back and able to practice fully, he doesn't have most of his receivers because they were also injured. And I, I think CD may have practiced Saturday, but most of the week they were not practicing. How much do you think all of that combined was what we saw yesterday? Yeah. That they just weren't on, on. You know, you have one guy that's out of practice. You kind of can they can jump back in and just kind of pick up where they left off. We have that much changed. How much do you think that that was I'm the sure, factor? I'm sure it did, and also you throw in the factor that the timing was 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 messed up. With you know, there was a lot more pressure than we've seen before. Obviously, with Tyron out, so I think you factor all of that in. It just looked like they were out of sync, and they were the whole game. They just couldn't ever get on track. Nobody was getting on track at the same time. Mm-hmm. When Dak was hitting his guys, they were dropping it. When they were open, he was missing throws. He normally doesn't miss. It just wasn't. Just all together, they just were not on the same page. And Dak made sure in those quotes, he made sure to mention that a couple of times, which I don't blame him for that. He was like, he said, I wasn't hitting some throws. We weren't passing and catching like we normally do. Yeah. And, he, it was, and it was all of it. It was yeah. all of it. It was all of it. It wasn't just him. It was no, the other guys. There's more than enough blame to go around. It, it's the same thing I said about not playing with an edge. Like, it's, Football players don't just want to be like, yeah, we were off. They're going to – they're going to – go back and forth and kind of talk out the side of their mouth and then eventually they'll say it and same cd he was just like it was weird man i don't know i don't know what happened but then he then he gets more into it and he says timing is everything don't get me wrong and throughout the week we didn't that we didn't get i do feel like that played a part in it slightly then he goes on to say but at the end of the day we're out here doing what we love we still have timing we just weren't in a groove today which and that's yes Obviously, that's part of it. It's also the epitome of excuse making. I mean, I, we can't sit here and glow about the Dak yard and how many reps these guys have taken and how seriously they take it. And then I'm just like, well, they didn't get a week of practice. No wonder they sucked. It's like, no. Yeah, but I, I do think there's something to that from the standpoint that of we, course. We, hear, we, we talk about it all the time when teams are rolling and then they get a bye. And, and then they come back and you're like, how much will just that week of not being in the normal of motion course. of what they're doing of course. affect them? You know? To quote Mike Tomlin, we do not care. 
Uh, absolutely. It, we can talk play, about it. Go play they pro don't, football. They shouldn't care about no, it. Well, yeah. I, I don't care either. Okay. I, it's it's an excuse. Be better. You're the it, you're the CD Lamb. How did the league let him fall well. to 17? Dak Prescott, forty million dollar player. Like you still like yes. There are reasons why these things happen. I don't care. Play better. Yeah, that's what it but, comes down to. Right. But I think the, the the point here is, and what we're trying to figure out is that is. Is that what what it is? I mean, is there is there a reason for it? It's not an excuse. It's just like okay, there's a lot of things that are happening here. Is is this going to be a trend towards Atlanta, the Raiders? But that and that's stuff? and that's when you say big picture, that's having we're getting into the weeds on everything that went wrong. But that's why I'm still I'm not overly concerned because no, I don't I don't think these are trends. We've got. How what was that? The eighth game? We've got seven games of evidence that suggest that that's not the case. Right? So we so have not. Right seen now, them. this is the aberration. Right, yeah. right now, right. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I, but that's what he's trying to do. Like I think you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You're not even. You're not meaning to. But you're like. But what we're trying to figure out is this. And you're not even worried. You're the one that says you're not worried about this because yeah. you think something's happened this week or something happened that is not the normal Cowboys. And that's what we're trying to figure out. Is it was it practice? Was it sync? Was it Dak out three weeks? Was it? You know what I mean? Like, was it a little bit of everything? Of course, yeah, yeah. no. And I mean, that's what you do in these shows. You recap what happened. And I, I absolutely think that not having the practice time, Dak misses three weeks, only gets to practice two days, doesn't have his preferred receivers. Amari's limited. CD hurts his ankle in practice. All that plays into it. Yeah, I do think that's why. I just. Number one, I don't care, and number two, there's enough evidence from the rest of the season that I just I don't worry that it's a trend. Yeah, I think I think everyone's hoping that there's something, you know, something that's not yeah. normal. And it's all almost that. you're right. It's kind of hoping. It's, it's like, like whatever we've seen, we're hoping that this week was just different because yeah. of this or this or this. But that's not going to be what normally happens. But I, mean, I do. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just, there's evidence in, in all great football teams, Super Bowl winning teams, some with the Cowboys, some with other teams. There's always I, I'll never forget that '94 49ers team that was really good. The, the when Dion was on and all that, they won. They lost forty to eight to the Eagles like Oof. in Week Four, and the Eagles were like five win team. I mean, sometimes it just happens. It happens. Yeah. It just you just put up a stinker. I mean, like that. back at the beginning of the season, the Packers, say, the Packers got like completely destroyed at the beginning of the season against New, New Orleans, and we were all thinking, well, maybe New Orleans is going to be great. What maybe Packers are the suck. Saints? Figure them out <laughs> right, for me. Yeah. I could probably go get that Rubik's cube off Kevin's desk over there yeah. and figure that out before I figured out the Saints. That was crazy. My wonderful producer, our wonderful producer, Caden Gates. Yeah, we're going to use this because well. He produces most of the stuff I do. That's why. As he produces everybody else's stuff, too. He's my producer. He's your guy. He's a man of the people. He's your guy. The 13 (laughs) Seahawks and the 19 Chiefs are pretty much the only Super Bowl winners in modern memory who didn't get their asses absolutely kicked at least once. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Buccaneers lost 38-3 to the Saints last year. Patriots in 18 lost 26 to 10 to the Detroit Lions. 17 Eagles lost 24 10 to the Seahawks. 16 Pats got shut out by the Bills. It goes on and on and on. And that's, I I guess, and you're right. I guess I was kind of talking out of the side of my mouth a little bit, but you get on this roll. You win six straight games. Everything's beautiful, and this is going to happen all the time. And then you have a bad day, and everybody's like, See, they're frauds. I told you. (laughs) And I think it's really just a defense mechanism because you don't want to get hurt. But guess what? You signed up for this ride. You're on it now, man. We're we're going. That's exactly my best friend hit me yesterday. He was like, man, see, this is what I was fearing. I'm like, well, let's just slow down a bit. It was like this is one game, and I don't think it necessarily, necessarily right now, 
is an indication of what they're going to be the rest of the season or what they've been at this point. They had a bad day. It happens in the NFL, right? It just they, happens. The Falcons will not be sneaking up on anybody no. in this game. And that's that's the thing. I mean, yeah. they won. They, they won a game. They're playing okay. And, you know, they've got a quarterback that's won an MVP in the past. And I don't know who the receivers are, but I'm just saying they're um, – Dan Quinn will make sure that things are ready to go. Anytime you get fired by somebody, like got a little something for him. Which I, I I agree with everything you just said, but that's it's something I've been talking about with fans too. Is the idea that this is a trap game, and I say I don't believe in that at all in the NFL. I don't think that's a thing. And somebody just tweeted at me, were like, "You what just, do they mean by that?" Exactly, and that's what I was getting into. Is somebody was like, "Well, you just defined a trap game because the Cowboys didn't come with the necessary energy." I don't think that's the same thing. A trap game in college is like LSU sees Alabama yeah. on the horizon. Yeah. And they're so much more talented than Mississippi State or whoever. And usually, they probably just came off a big game too. Right. And you got this one sandwich in between. It's like, eh. and the thing, and what makes it a trap game is in college, you have the talent to win a game like that. Where uh, Oklahoma did it to Kansas a few weeks ago. If you follow college football, God, they played awful. Mm-hmm. And Kansas had a lead. I think they were up. I don't remember. Yeah. They were up in the second half. Yeah. And OU was just like, oh yeah, we've been at the top of the recruiting rankings for a decade. We're just gonna pull ourselves together right. and we're going to win this just game better. by double digits. We just are. When I say trap games don't exist in the NFL, my point is even among the in, unless it's a rare example of like the very best team and the very worst, the talent levels just not that far apart. Yep. And so if you don't bring it, you can lose to anybody and that's I think Nick's exactly right. The Falcons aren't sneaking up on this team. The Falcons can still win that game. But what I am confident of is that the Cowboys won't just play that ridiculously poorly. But but I not do, a guarantee of a win. But I do think well, maybe they weren't looking at something else. But I think the trap in this case, I think it was this one. The Broncos game was a trap game from the standpoint of kind of what we had said before about they were winning these games. They won with Cooper Rush on the road against the, against the Vikings. They pulled out this game somehow against the Patriots. They were winning. They they six seven. I mean eight weeks in a row now without a without a loss. And you and you just feel like kind of invincible, and, and surely with that coming back at home, we're gonna roll this team we for should, opening yeah. kickoff, fifty yards. Watch this. See, this is what we thought. Yeah, they so, are who we thought they were. I Here absolutely yeah. think that was the case, yeah. and maybe I'm just quibbling. I just when you say it's a trap, it like this could have happened against any team. Like it's not because it was the Broncos or anything. You just, if you just if you don't come ready, yeah. this I mean. The the Jags beat the Bills yesterday. Yeah. I mean that it happens in the NFL. That is like, unbelievable without scoring a touchdown. That's wild. Yeah, that offense, the Bills offense, which I think is up there with the best offense and in the league. I didn't watch that game, but I bet you it was something similar. The Bills, I think they they lost going into their bye, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna this is we're gonna get right here today. Let's yeah. just bomb this thing away, and we'll all be cracking beers by the end of the third quarter." And that's just not the attitude you can have ever in the NFL. And what was so interesting is that after the game, McCarthy said, we talked a lot this week about not eating the cheese. And there they were. Like, it's just, they had been talking about ever. this. They had been talking about this. And and really, he'd been trying to coach them to not buy into the idea that you're as great as everybody says you are. But natural, just natural who we are as people, this kind of thing happens. It's why, after a game like that, we get to see, was this an aberration? Because if it is... Look out, Atlanta Falcons. You're probably going to take a nice spanking this weekend. If it's not, though, if it's not, though, and they still think, if they think too much that was an aberration and they think, we'll do, we'll kill them, then here we go. And now you start taking that slide 
And then it becomes a situation, can you figure out how to flip that switch And you just got Mahomes coming up after that. Yeah, right. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on tomorrow. We'll get into a little big picture around the NFL, see what's happening around some other teams in the NFC and in the NFC East. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!